Rick Mercer, the Canadian icon of Canadian icons, joining us to talk about his latest memoir, his second memoir, um, which is actually continued from his first, Talking to Canadians. This one is called The Road Years, and the Rick Mercer is joining us to talk all about it. Rick, thank you so much for making the time. I so appreciate getting to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I jumped at the chance to have this conversation with you, and then I realized there was a lot of homework involved because you have written a, a full book, almost 300 pages, that now I had <laughs> to sift through. But I will you say... you have to read the book? <laughs> but I, I will say, look, it, it wasn't a chore. You know, there are there are some where you think, oh, boy, what have I gotten myself into? And you you write just like you speak. You're so quick-witted. It's so entertaining. It was an absolute breeze and a joy to get through. Did you have a ghostwriter, or did you actually have a hand in this? What are we talking no, 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 about here? No. no, I never had a ghostwriter. Uh, sitting down to write the first memoir was one of the most terrifying things I've ever done because I've never accomplished anything in my life without a deadline. <laughs> and so I knew I wouldn't write the book unless I went out and got a deadline and got an agreement in place. And it was terrifying. Uh, but it worked out. And when I wrote the first one, I realized I enjoyed the process, but I didn't like the subject matter. I didn't like talking about myself that much. Mm. And so this one is not really about me. It take, picks up where the last one left off, which is I, I start the Mercer Report. But the great thing about the Mercer Report, for 15 years, I traveled the country nonstop. I, I talked to so-called great Canadians, uh, you know, every member of Rush and all the members of the Tragically Hip and Living Prime Ministers and Jan Arden. But there's also fishermen and farmers and people in the oil patch and everything in between. And those people are some of my favorite guests and some of those are some of my favorite stories. So uh, it wasn't about me so much as them. Yeah, you know, you write about not having big name politicians on the show Frequently, you you really were intentional and in how you kind of spaced them apart and gave a few months to breathe in between those guests because you say you didn't want to get to know them very well. Can you expand on that a little bit? Well, it's not that I didn't want to get to know them, but I was always very careful never to. Uh, I, I was friendly with politicians, um, and because of my job, there's probably not a major politician I'd pass in an airport without saying hello. But uh, I never became friends. The exception was Belinda Stronic. And that was like a fluke. It was something that I never thought would happen. I don't think she thought would happen. And we ended up starting a charity together. And that, that was the exception to the rule. But by and large, I, I kept my distance uh, because I wanted to, uh, you know, be able to offer fair comment. And things get tricky when you become mm -hmm. friends with people. Well, and you're someone who I think is just so easy to become friends with, someone who is so disarming, oh, able, to, <laughs> well, able to travel I've, the I've country. Got a lot of demons. <laughs> well, we, we won't go into them here. That, that, can be, that can be in the next book, Rick. But, yeah. you know, you really do. You, you make such an impact in no matter who it is that you're speaking to, whether it's a, a sitting prime minister or a prominent politician or, you know, a, a bobsled team that you're doing shots with and taking your life into your own hands going down a, a, a very sketchy Saskatchewan hill. Um, you you kind of focus the, the book on stories of all of these interactions that took place over the course of the Rick Mercer report. And in, it's all in search of this, what does it mean to be Canadian idea, which I think is an interesting approach because we don't really seem to have our own Canadian identity nailed down. So that's a no. pretty daunting task, is it not? Yeah. I, I say that when I started the show, I wanted to answer the question, what does it mean to be a Canadian? 
And then I do point out that that's a very pretentious way to start a book. <laughs> but it did always, like when I was a kid or when I was like 15, 16, I guess, Prime Minister Brian Mulroney uh, had a royal commission that traveled around Canada, the Spicer Commission, that basically asked the question, what does it mean to be a Canadian? And I can remember being a kid going, what kind of country are we that we don't have that answer? But I didn't have it. And you put a bunch of Canadians in a room and start talking about what it means to be a Canadian. We start talking about how we're different than Americans, it's, which is a terrible way to define yourself. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, I'll answer that question, but I'll take two or three years to answer it. <laughs> then I went out on the road for 15 years, and I ended up being more confused by that question than ever before. So it's a tough one. I can't say I cracked it, but I gave it a shot. So without giving away too much of what's contained in the book, how how would you define what it means to be Canadian? Well, I don't know. I haven't come up with the answer yet, I fully admit. But what's <laughs> in the book is the funny stories. I wanted to make sure. I feel like we're in a time now where uh, we could all use a laugh. Um, I'm really grateful that I'm not immersed in the world of current events the way I used to be. I'm very grateful that I can take a break and walk around the block and I don't have to watch question period and I don't have to watch the news every night. Um, And I'm also at a point where I kind of want to laugh. And even in publishing, I think, where's the funny books? And, and I'm not seeing them. So I decided when I was going to, which stories I was going to tell after 15 years of traveling around the country, I would only tell the funny ones. Otherwise, why bother? I think you're That's absolutely right. right it's, it's truly what we need right now. There's so much, I think, tension right now that we talk about in media, division, and something like this is so refreshing to just highlight that we don't have to take ourselves quite so seriously. And there is still a lot to laugh at and a lot that this country has to offer. So you talk a little bit about taking a break. Now, we're kind of we're speeding ahead to what I wanted to, to drive towards here, Rick. But I'm curious, what's what's the next project for you? Is it going to be another book? Is it another show? I think there will be another book, but I can I can assure you it won't be about me because I've run out of runway. This is it. I mean, basically, <laughs> this book comes up to this moment, you and me right now. So there's nothing left, um, maybe in 20 years, but that's how long it will take. So I think I will write about someone else. I just don't know who that is or what that is. I, uh, I, what I loved about my job, what I love about this book it's very much a celebration of the country, and uh, the show is about celebrating the country. And I'm not saying that I have blinders on. I'm not saying I'm jumping up and down, saying we're number one over and over again. Obviously, I'm a student of history. I understand there's places where we went wrong and mistakes we made, but we can still celebrate the country. And whatever I do next will continue on in that vein. Well, I would... I would disagree with you that you don't have a runway left to write about yourself. I think there's probably still a lot more to tell and a lot more that Canadians are hungry for. You know, you are someone who is just so recognizable and I think so beloved by so many people in this country. The Road Years tells the story of 15 seasons of the Rick Mercer Report. You write, Rick, in the book about not really going on vacations or or growing up with a, a lot of opportunity in that regard as a kid. And so fast forward to now, this very surreal life flying all over the place and, and just getting to essentially have fun. I'm not not saying that it wasn't a lot of work, but to go do these really interesting and unique experiences. What was the most surreal moment that you document in the book? There's a lot of surreal moments, and I I never took for granted the the opportunity I had. I was literally looking at 
the entire country like it was my hometown. Uh, you know, Edmonton or Calgary or Saskatoon or Regina. I would get to any of those cities 20 times a year. And I don't live in those cities. And so I got to know people in all parts of the country. I think entertainers sometimes had a pretty unique take on things because they spend so much time in different parts of the country. Um, I was always very grateful to do that. There's so many experiences that I could never have imagined would happen. You know, I grew up sharing my bedroom with my brother and I had punk rock posters on my side and he had posters of the snowbirds. And of course we'd make fun of each other and I'd say, Ooh, the snowbirds are coming to town. Ooh, why don't you go get an autograph of the snowbirds? And then like the second show I'm going up with the snowbirds. I call my brother who's a pilot. And I go, guess what I'm doing? I'm going up with the snowbirds. And he's like, that's not fair. <laughs> All his life, he's wanted to go up with the snowbirds. So right from the get go, I realized how privileged I was. And, you know, I talk about the book. I took drum lessons when I was a kid so I could play the drums like Neil Peart. Well, like every other person on the planet, I quickly learned I'll never play drums like Neil Peart from Rush. And then he comes on my show and gives me drum lessons. On the on the rush drum kit. Wow. Um, you know, if you if you don't take time and pinch yourself and feel gratitude at moments like that, then I don't know what it would take. You'd be dead inside, I guess. So looking back at this book and putting together the fun stories, I uh, mostly like filled with gratitude that I had that run, and it was great every moment of it. So if you can't necessarily plan for some of these experiences. Um, would would politics ever be something that you might not see coming but enter into? Rick Mercer for prime minister, maybe? Oh. There might be an opening. <clears throat> I have always been fascinated with politics ever since I was a kid. And that's how, you know, what my father and I talk about to this day. And uh, I became a political commentator. And I think everyone who writes about something, they have little kind of fantasies. Like sure. you're a sports writer and you think one of these days, you know, the, the, you know, the Edmonton Oilers are going to call me and ask me to straighten out this team. <laughs> and you had this little fantasy. But then the reality is I have less of an interest in politics now than at any other time in my entire life. And so that might change. But when I look at the way party politics works these days, the way everyone kowtows to the leader, to the tiniest little detail, mm-hmm the toxicity that exists. Um, Yeah, I don't want to do that. Also, you know, you look at question period. I mean, people behave in a way that's not acceptable in any workplace anywhere else in the country. Mm -hmm. Why in God's name would anyone want to go do that? Yeah, and I think that the vitriol that politicians face has been something that you have managed to really escape unscathed from. We we love you as Canadians, so let's just keep it as such, although I do think that there would be an appetite from many people wow. in this country to see a, a little bit more of you in that regard. But, Rick, for now, uh, get started on that, that next book, uh, whether it's about you, whether it's about someone else, because this one is absolutely incredible. It's available November 7th. You can pretty much get it anywhere, Thirty six ninety five. One final question. Who is it for? Who do you want to to read this? Uh, That's a really good question, because apparently everyone, when they're writing a book, has the the reader in mind, like who the book is written for. I think it's for people who, well, are in need of a laugh, people who want to celebrate the country, want to accent the positive um, and want to know more about the country. Not to saying that I'm some great teacher or anything. I'm just I'm just really lucky. I got to uh, 
do things that not everyone gets to do. And, uh, and I'm, I'm happy to share that story. Well, I can't wait for people to read it. It was so it was so fun to to kind of get a little glimpse, and I'm sure it really is just a little glimpse, even though it is a book, of what it was like to be on the road for 15 years with the Rick Mercer Report. Rick, thank you so much. What a pleasure to get to talk to you. Uh, congratulations on absolutely everything. And uh, Ched Nation, The Road Years, again, out November 7th. You can get it pretty much anywhere the books are sold. Rick Mercer is, of course, the author. You know him from so many things. This hour has 22 minutes. The host of the Rick Mercer Report, he's won 20. 21 Gemini's, the Governor General's Performing Arts Award. Uh, he is ultimate Canadiana. And Rick, I can't thank you enough for making the time. Thank you so much. And I actually think it's out tomorrow. I think they pushed it up a week. Oh, okay. But I just found that out myself. Okay, well, then it's, then it's out tomorrow. And then you can get your hands on it even sooner. October 31st, Halloween Day. Halloween and Rick Halloween Mercer, I guess Day. they go together now. <laughs> Rick, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.